0: There were many, many, many many, many, many nights that I wish I had never gotten that other duplex uh, that subject to duplex and, and that's because it, it the the type of investing that it was like fundamentally went against the kind of person that I am, right and I, I think that we sometimes confuse like getting out of your comfort zone with doing something that is not who you are, not what you are right So if you're not somebody that's a flipper don't. Don't do flips just because other people are doing flips, right? The good thing, the great thing about real estate is there are so many different ways that you can go, right? So I'm never, I'm not saying don't get into real estate, right? I'm saying get into real estate in the way that is going to uh, allow you to sleep well at night.
1: This is Dan Wynn And Mike
2: Glassman. And we are the host of the Financial Freedom Journal, where we talk real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned with successful real estate entrepreneurs to help
1: you on your financial freedom journey. Now, whether you're watching this content on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast, we want you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get you started on your financial freedom journey.
2: Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Dan Nguyen. This is Mike Glaspie. And- Welcome to the Financial Freedom Journal. Today we have a very special guest. His name is Arzell Westestel. He's a very, very good friend of mine and uh, I've known him for about 10 years now. Um, he's, a, he's a National Guardsman. He has some military experience and he uh, also has some investing experience as well. So would you mind telling us a little about yourself? Give us a little bit about your background.
0: Yeah, um, so my name's Arzell. I grew up here in Ohio. Actually, not here because uh, I left Ohio just about two weeks ago. Uh, just moved out here to DC. Work in the National Guard Bureau. Uh, what got me into investing in real estate? Uh, essentially, I was putting a lot of money into stocks, and and I still do, which we'll we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, put some money into the stock market, but I just realized like that investing in derivatives uh, and things that I couldn't hold or was not a good way to spend all my money. So, decided to uh, stop renting and start investing. Uh, so, got a duplex about four years ago. Uh, Got a duplex in Cincinnati, which is where I was living at the time. Uh, And then moved from there and got another place and and we'll get all into it. But uh, yeah, I just, uh, I I enjoy the investing opportunity that real estate offers uh, and I enjoy connecting with people.
1: Solid. Was the duplex your first deal? Was that the first property that you ever purchased?
0: Yes. Yes. So, uh, it it was even before I got a hold of bigger pockets. I, I, uh, I just like had this idea that I was like, I don't want to be paying the whole mortgage myself. Uh, so I'm kind of risk adverse when when it comes to things financially. So uh, I decided like I I had it in my mind, at least like we're getting a duplex. Now I was married at the time, still am married, thankfully. Uh, so (laughs) the, uh, it it was all about convincing my wife actually. Uh, And and she didn't, it didn't take too much convincing because I was able to find a duplex that offered us what we, what we needed. Right. So um, I was looking for a property that was in a up and coming area, as we would like to say, I was looking for a property that that made her feel uh, like her amenities were being met, like where her, the amenities that she required were being met kind of thing. Right. So it, it wasn't like the, uh, it wasn't the live fix and flip kind of thing. Right. So our side was already done. Right. We had like a nice, a nice tub and, you know, the granite countertops because we had been renting, right. And we had been renting at a decent, a decent level, not like a super high level, but a decent level. Right. So we, we've we gotten a little comfortable, you know, so because of that, we, we have to be able to, well, I had to be able to provide that to her uh, and then still be able to get a duplex so that I could, provide to me the the uh, financial freedom, if you will, uh, that, that the duplex kind of offered. So it, it, it was a it was a compromise. Right. Um, and I, I think that any anyone who's married or anyone who's in a serious relationship understands that that's the when you when you're investing. Right. Like you're a team. So you need to make sure that uh, both of you are on the same page or or that investing isn't going to last long or the marriage isn't going to last long you decide which is more important to you, I guess. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dude, I think that's 100% key. It's crazy you say that because I just did a, did an episode with my wife just a little while. And that was one of the big things that we talked about was, you know, our, our ability to compromise and communicate um, and that in investing as a couple, you know, and I love how you uh, talked about, hey, I had to give up a little bit of something like, hey, I had to make sure her, um, at least on the amenities level, as far as granite countertops and all that stuff, you know, her side, that appealed to her which allowed me to look at the bigger asset and still have this other side to uh, to bring in some kind of income. So that's awesome. That's exactly, good. exactly.
1: Yeah. We find that, um, you know, on the agent side, we're working with investors that ends up being one of the hardest hurdles for most of our clients to get over is typically the men are very, you know, uh, capable or very willing to live in a lower means. (laughs) They want, they want the backyard, you know, they want the beautiful kitchen and rightfully so. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's actually really, really good that you guys are on the same page there. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about the numbers. Uh, on that duplex like what was the purchase price what did getting you get into
2: the nitty-gritty
1: yeah it's all- getting
0: into the nitty-gritty I, I like it i like it i like it all right so um we came in so basically we we, we saw the property uh it was up listing price was 250. uh and then we came in my, my my wife is a is a bargainer uh so she came and she's like Nah, tell him 180.
2: <laughs> wait a, a minute, minute, what a minute. And she's a she's yeah. a bar, I, the wife. I, that's that's actually uh, very very rare to be a bargainer and then still want those type of amen- amenities, <laughs> exactly. right? Like like no, I'm paying one eighty, but I want the granite.
0: You know what I mean? Like, exactly. So she was like, she's like, telling one eighty, right? <laughs> I was like, we cannot come in, <laughs> we cannot come in seventy thousand dollars under, right? Um, and, and and we did this. This was back in sixteen. Um, uh, so. We I was like, we can't come in seventy thousand dollars She's like, I said, one eighty, <laughs> right? So, um, so be, be, because I like to sleep well at night, I I put in for one eighty. Uh, they came back and they they agreed to two hundred. I was like, they said two hundred. We got we got to take it. They got to take it. She's like, okay. So um, we ended up actually closing out at two o five because they, uh, during during the due diligence process and everything, we we asked for them to. Uh, put a new roof in <laughs> so uh they put a new roof on it uh and i was like that's worth 5000 they said give us 5000 more and we'll, we'll put the new roof on so did that um got it for 105 or 205 i should say sorry um, got it for 205 rented out we inherited a tenant uh the tenant that we inherited was 700 a month uh so basically breaking it down one side is a one bed one bath uh it's about I would say right under a thousand square feet uh, and then the other side is is pretty big, the other side is about twenty one um, twenty one thousand square feet, so it's a large old home uh in Cincinnati so we had we were living in that side, and that side was a three bed two bath which we ended up converting it into a four bed two bath uh which I'll tell you about a little bit later uh but uh the the one side was ring out for seven hundred we let her lease uh conveniently expire and then we uh we we bumped that up to 900 a month and then now that we're moved out of it uh and living here in DC we rent out the side that we were living in for 1600 uh hmm. the note the note was about um 1650 uh anyway so that's it's 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 pretty good It's uh, pretty see good it's working it's working for force
2: So just a quick, really uh, quick backup, because we want to get into like, you know, how we're how we're managing it and how we're, you know, how it's doing now. But uh, starting at the very, very beginning, how did you find it?
0: Mm. Oh, so I found it, honestly, just at that time, I was uh, I was calling around and and this, i'm I'm sorry i'm sorry mike this is gonna sound unfaithful to the realtors uh so i would just call a realtor and i say hey this is what i'm looking for and he's like hey let me let me get your email and i'll send i'll email you everything that i'm finding right so i had like four realtors doing that right and just just it sounds bad but no loyalty to any of them i'm just <laughs> like this is this is what i'm looking for i'm looking for a duplex in these four zip codes in cincinnati Right, I'm looking for a duplex or triplex in these four, and I, I wanted I didn't want to go to a quad because I knew what kind of style of home that I I needed to be able to please my wife. Um, so I knew that a quad wasn't going to have that, but duplexes and triplexes oftentimes uh, that they, they're they're finished a little bit better in these different areas of Cincinnati. Um, so I I said, hey, I want a duplex, triplex, and these different zip codes. They emailed me uh, pretty much you know daily with updates and. One of them emailed me, and I, I I just jumped on it right then and there. So basically MLS, um, that was I was just I knew what I wanted, uh, and I had a couple people sending it to me. So as soon as I saw it, I I responded to that, and we moved on it.
1: So let me ask you this, from the realtor standpoint, then, as soon as that individual that actually presented the property to you you went with them. So it's pretty much first come, first serve, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's a really good point because a lot of times investors are afraid to go to realtors because they feel inexperienced or they feel like, you know, maybe they feel like there's no loyalty in there, but that's, that's kind of irrelevant. If a realtor is truly skilled in their position, right, and you go to them and you set your criteria, a realtor, a really good one, should be able to, to identify, hey, this is exactly what you're looking for. So, you know, good on you, man. Kudos to you.
0: <laughs> i i felt bad i felt bad for a little while i was like man i, I wonder if they all know like that they're sending this to, to me but yeah like you said it was just the first person who, who was able to serve and i went with them
1: on that same note the realtor was even willing to lowball with you right so oh yeah good for he,
0: him or her he's he's our he's our guy now so we went we went back to him a couple times and, and with our other property as well um yeah like he he has no problem He'll He'll tell us, like, "Ah, I think it's pretty low, but he'll go and he'll execute. He'll he'll still write it for us. So I'm like, hey, let's see what they say.
1: Absolutely.
2: And that that's crazy. You say that because uh, I was talking to one of my soldiers today, and he's looking for. Um, I gave all my soldiers like this like success products, and uh, you know I kind of gave them links to some of the videos that that we've made and things. Some other like a list of recommended readings because a lot of them are interested in um, how to grow wealth, you know, themselves. They're private specialists, E fives, and even uh, lieutenants. But either way, so um, they they've been looking at uh, looking at the material, and I have one that uh, one um, one soldier who's trying to buy a single family home and, um, he wants to do a live and flip basically. And, uh, that's exactly what he said the price points around here. Um, they're, they're low to the point where realtors aren't making a lot of commission, but he's looking for an even lower price point because he's looking for a deal of course. And he wants to do a two or three K loan and, uh, and rehab the house as well. Um, but I guess the realtors around here don't understand it. Two, a two or three K loan one. And then two, they're looking at the purchase price and they're saying, no, oh, it's not even worth my time. So, um, so that's that I pretty much told them the same exact, uh, thing that you, you were doing that you did. Hey, go out to a bunch of different realtors. Don't worry about, you know, contact the listing agents for the houses that, that you want. Um, and, and that's definitely a way to go about it. You don't gotta, don't be stuck just on one realtor because, you know oftentimes you know all realtors aren't built the same and you just may have gotten a crappy realtor you know so all right so moving on moving to the uh to continuing to dissect the property right okay what how are you managing it right now and you're managing from a distance which i think is is uh is a pretty tough thing to do and i think it's a lot of other military veterans um are probably going to be doing the same thing as they go through their pcs cycle so um what are you doing to successfully manage it and do you have any advice for others that are listening that might be going through the same thing
0: okay so um first thing we did and, and I honestly we were we were blessed in this area, in this case um we we bought right right so we we bought on the the right swing of the the market and self managing wise uh basically like i was i was saying that we we got a good property, and got a good air source. We are able to get the kind of tenants that we want, right? Um, and we're we're able to get tenants that are easier to manage. Um, so that's that's the first thing. Uh, and then because we're able to attract more people and higher quality tenants, uh, we can be more strict on our uh, on our criteria. And with that strict criteria, then now we've weeded out like a lot of problem tenants uh, and that like makes it so that they don't have to be handheld and babied a lot so that's 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 the first portion and i think that's the biggest portion that can't be overlooked it's it sounds like it's easy but that's like that's the biggest thing uh outside of that what i do is i just keep the lines the communication open I, I send them the documents that they would need to to reach out. So if they have a maintenance request, they have like a formal maintenance request form. They need to email me, uh, and 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 that way that I'm not just like constantly being pinged with with uh, text messages of like, hey, this 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 this. Right? I say like, hey, please fill out the maintenance request form and then send it to me. And and you'll find that like putting that that in there uh, helps and. It helps kind of weed out like small little nitpicky things, right? Because people, they, they, they might want to just text it, but they don't want to like take the time to really type out a maintenance request and email you. Uh, so that's that's helpful. It, I don't I don't say that because I'm trying to uh, avoid contact with my, with my tenants by any means. Like I, I would like to talk to them if they need to talk about something. Uh, but I think that what you don't want to do is just have your phone constantly being texted. Because you're, you're not going to respond eventually or you're not going to respond on time uh, or you're going to get caught up in the day. So I, I get back to them and I say, you know, hey, give me a call if you want to, you know, talk, give me a call if you have an issue. And then I talk to them on the phone and then I say, and then I follow up with an email and say, hey, email me with with official things because you don't, I, I just would recommend uh, in, my, in my experience and I, now I've only been doing it for a distance for two, three weeks now but I found the first couple of days were just like massive text messages, massive text messages. And I said, all right, I need to, I need to get back to a, a good system.
2: Uh, and, and I find that the email is is helpful in that case. Okay. Go, go ahead, Mike. I got a question okay. to you, but go ahead. I'm yeah. sure it's probably going to be the same. <laughs> it
1: probably is. So you're telling me that you're active duty <clears throat> you're self-managing from a distance. There's no property manager. Yes. Okay, man. Hey, No. That's more kudos to you. You're you're living proof that you know it doesn't really matter, man. As long as you set up those systems and you kind of put those things in place, uh, it doesn't really matter how large your portfolio gets. I mean, right now it's two units, correct? That are still back there, or is it more?
0: Yeah. It's it's two because we we sold the other place.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, man. So you're managing two two units all the way across the country, still active. You know, you're in national guard, but you're still active. So I mean, hey, it's possible.
2: So yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What made you decide to self manage versus getting a property manager in place? Cause I know like I kind of went through the gambit of self managing and I just gave up, man. It was, it was a little, it was a little too hectic for me, but uh, you know, maybe it was just the type of tenant class I have or something like that. I don't know, but uh, what made you decide to self manage versus, versus uh, getting a property manager?
0: Well, I don't, want, I don't want to try to play your tenant class or anything like that. So I, I didn't say it, you did. Um, <laughs> but I think that, uh, so for me, I just, I hadn't tried out any property managers yet. Like I hadn't gone through the process of interviewing anyone. And because our, our move kind of was, uh, was was kind of sudden. Like I, Like I was telling you, like we hadn't talked in a month and you're like, wait, you're in DC now? I thought you were like thinking about going to DC. No 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 it it happened like they called me and they said can you be down here in 3 weeks right so it, it it we we didn't have enough time to really go through interviewing a property manager and and find the right one so i said that i know myself <laughs> enough uh that i would rather try myself out for a little while now i i plan on eventually getting a property manager i don't i don't want you to think that like that i i'm, I'm going to do this in into my old age uh, but right now I think that I can handle it. And, all. And, and and on the, on the piece, like as far as managing yourself, I think also like you, you want to go into it with the intention of setting up systems, but don't, my recommendation is don't wait till everything is perfect to start doing it. Right. Like ha- have some systems for sure. And you can get those kind of things from people like yourself from from friends and and your network and then you you through time you cultivate you get better right like you improve your processes but if you just wait to, it's it's the classic thing we talked about before like if you wait till it's everything is perfect right you're never going to even get started so I, I would say you know you, you want to jump in there well maybe maybe you want to dip one leg in first and slowly walk in the water but uh, don't don't just stand on the sidelines and and say like, no, no, I I, don't think I'm ready yet. I don't have a perfect system and process. I don't have a perfect system yet, right? Like start with a system and then improve that system, I would say.
1: All right, so so, what would be the tipping point then for you? What When is enough where you're saying, hey, I'm gonna go ahead and get hands off and I'm gonna let a property manager take over. At what point do you see yourself doing that?
0: When I'm like you and I have 50 properties. <laughs> uh, no, so I, I would say, for me, honestly, uh, I think that my I, I have like numbers of of goals as far as like how much I wanna have under, under management. Like I, I don't wanna get that big with my personal portfolio. So my personal portfolio, I, I would only wanna have ten, um, ten small multifamilies before I got a property manager. So ten duplexes or triplexes. Oh, uh, as far as like moving into uh, being involved in larger multifamily and larger syndication deals i i never i obviously never want to be managing any of that so on my personal books uh i would do 10 i do 10 10 uh 10 properties and i would say anywhere from 20 to 25 doors that i could i could comfortably say that and i say that now uh maybe when i when i get closer to that i'd say i would push it off but for right now with the kind of properties I want to have, like, so my property back there right now is, a, I would say a B, B plus kind of thing, not necessarily yet an A, but with that kind of property and the, the tenants that it has, I'm, I'm fine that I can handle that.
1: Okay.
2: That's good stuff. All right. So we talked about um, how you found it, how you financed it. Well, no, we didn't talk about how you finance it.
0: Uh, so I financed it with the uh, FHA. I did the 3.5% down on that one um I still have not used my VA loan. Really? I have not. So I'm I'm holding on to that. So be, because I want to um I I would, and and you know this year they they took away that that max cap. Yep. So uh originally I was I was holding it for like a large 3 4 family in a a very high income um high net worth area if you will or like a, like a DC, like a San Francisco, wh- wherever wherever I would end up within the within the military, oh, I was I was holding it for that. So I, I wanted it to be my VA to be the big purchase. So I don't want to I did not want to use it on is it, it, and I I don't mean this like brag. I didn't want to use it on a two hundred thousand dollar home. I know that might sound like
1: oh right to the heart.
0: <laughs> I, I I didn't want to make it sound like, but I I didn't want to use it on that. I, I knew that I could. I was like, well, I can just put. I can put the 3.5% on this one.
1: So you, the, you the dude in Monopoly who just stacks all the money until you get to Boardwalk and Park Place, ain't you?
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> that's that, that. That's exactly. That's exactly who I am. I was like, nope, not using it here. Not using it. Here. And and I still won't like. And and until it, I see it as like really advantageous to use. I would rather do, especially when. So th- this property, because I understood that this area was up and coming. I said, I'll put 3.5% down I'll, and I'll pay PMI for a year and then I'll refinance it. And I know I'll, I'll, know I'll have 20% um, equity in it. And, and, and some people call it forced appreciation. I didn't have to force it. I just saw that it was coming and I, I was blessed to be right, right? So it, it worked, it worked in that case. I wouldn't recommend it for everybody. I wouldn't recommend it in all cases, but it worked. So I was able to put that 3.5% down and then a year later refinance it and have that 20% equity in it.
1: So so tell me this. You know you got the VA loan, all right? Do you know that the VA loan, obviously they're about to relieve the cap, but you can use it as many times as you want, and then you can refinance out of a VA. Were you aware of that?
0: I was. So the the only thing I was worried about was I heard that the fees, um, yeah. the, fees the fees increase each time. So yeah, like so, so. for the – the first time the fees are the low the you know the lowest and then every time after that it's it's costed
2: to me a little bit yeah so it only increases so the original funding fee is 2.3 percent and then it increases to 3.3 percent uh 3.3 or 3.4 percent at each subsequent time after you use that so it's not like um you the second time you use it is still 3.2 or 3.3 percent uh and then the fourth time you use it it's still three point you know four percent or whatever that number is it only increases basically oh. by about one point so it's not it's not anything terribly terribly um uh costly but i mean that's just just putting that out there
0: i didn't i didn't yeah. know that no seriously i, I didn't know that i, I thought that it was, it was like every time it builds until yeah. the, the fifth time you use it it's like you're basically putting 20 percent down
2: yeah no <laughs> no 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 so um so moving into the um moving into your subject too. So we've talked about that for, for a while. We've been, we've been on that uh for, for a little while. Can you, sh- would you mind sharing that story with us? And uh you know, maybe some of the lessons you learned, how that went, or how you find it, how you found it, basically kind of walk us through the process.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a, this is a big learning lesson one, right? So um, I'll start off with how I found it. So I just found it the classic driving for dollars, right? I, I drove by and saw this, uh, saw this sign out, for sale, I uh, then went went to my realtor, my, my low ball realtor, uh who the the my friend now basically. Uh and I said, Hey, can he you look this property up? He said, Hey, it's been on the market for two years. Uh, so I was like, just the place I was looking for. So um I said well you know they, they were asking fifty for it or I know they were asking eighty for it. So I said well, well what's what's up with it? He's like it's gutted, uh it's a duplex. And in this now this duplex was not in a B class area. This duplex is in a, a C-minus, and that that's a that minus is holding on barely, uh, so more like a, <laughs> it's it's barely passing. We'll just say that, right? Um, so it was in a C minus area, but the as we know, um, as, as you and I know for sure that uh, with with the downgrade in like the class, right? There's a. There's a upside in the cash flow, so I was looking at the area and like what other places were running for in that area, and I mean it was three percent, you know, uh, of the of the purchase price sometimes four, right? Just on, on a monthly basis, I was like, this is crazy. So when, when I say that, just for anyone that uh, that doesn't understand kind of what I said, so let's say that you buy a house for a uh, hundred thousand dollars, right? If you get $1,000 a month in rent, you'd say that's the 1% kind of rule, $2,000 to, you know, and so forth and so on. So uh, th- this property, right, they were asking 80. I thought I could get them down to 50. It would have easily rented for 1500 a month, maybe 2000 a month. And, and that's with both sides renting out, right? Mm. Um, and, and this is this is with just not even thinking about going into whether or not I wanted to use it as a as a section eight property. Like this is just what people were paying on Craigslist <laughs> uh, there they're, they're and stuff like that. So um, I, I say that to say that, Oh, it, it showed so much upside that I think I got a little bit of yeah. blinded. <laughs> All of that great stuff that, that I was talking about that, I think that blinded me a little bit to how much work needed to be done to the property. So I, I, I proposed uh, $50,000 uh, as a purchase price to the, the gentleman. I said I'll put uh, 5000 down, and then I amortized it for uh, 30 years at a 6% interest rate. And then he, um, he wanted a balloon payment after three years.
1: Okay. So it was pretty much a, a, a solid like, owner finance. Did he own it free and clear?
0: Yes. Yeah. He, inher- he inherited the property from his mother.
1: Okay. All right. Good. So that, that was, uh, how did you f- learn about doing owner financing? Where did you get the, you know, idea of trying to approach this guy to negotiate some terms for owner financing? I,
0: I, I think just, uh, I think some bigger pockets episodes or something like that had, had brought that up.
1: Yeah. i try to tell everybody bigger pockets, man. That's the way to start. You know, it,
0: it, it, it is, it is. Although I will say sometimes it's uh, don't try this at home. <laughs> certain things you, you might want to and, and this is and this is like a, a case where I, I would have if I would have had a partner it would have been a really good deal but I think I went into this oh I went into this one a
2: little too soon but
0: I I learned a lot I learned a lot
2: yeah that's good so um talked about the um how, how you found it and, and the kind of the terms that you that you used to get it. So what about subject two properties um, do you find, or do you think others should find appealing?
0: So what I found appealing about it and what I think others should find appealing about it is if you have the right team, uh, you are able to really leverage, you're, you're able to leverage not just uh, the property and not just the, you're able to leverage the contract almost, I would say. Right. So, uh, look at this. What other, what other asset class um, or what other opportunity outside of like margin trading, which is it's options trading and things, are, which is, is, is pretty, pretty much gambling. I think uh, it, everyone has their opinion on it, but what other area are you able to not have to put much down? So I only had to put 5,000 down the property right at that point. Even if I only put 5,000 down, I could have done nothing to that property and probably sold it for at least what I like in two years, like in three years, if I'd done nothing to it, right. Unless the market is just absolutely crashed, I could probably sell it for $51,000 and, and and still, you know, make a little bit of money. Right. So I put 5,000 down uh, and now I, now I'm in charge of the property. Right. Uh, I get an insurance policy on it. I, I have all of this, right. Like, and, and whatever I want to do, I can. So, you're able to put down a little bit and then hold on to a lot of your money, and put that money into fixing the property up. You fix the property up, and then in six months or in a year, you're able to refinance it. You take your money out, right? That you put into it. Um, you pay off the person who, who, who owns, who owns it, uh, kinda. As far as like who's deep, who's the deed is still in their name. You're just kind of, you're on it as well. But the main deed is in their name. They're, they're the primary lien holder in this case, Uh, instead of you getting a mortgage through a U.S. bank or through some other mortgage company, you're, you're getting the mortgage through them, but you don't have to have it on your credit either. Right. So it's, it's just, there's so many things I think. So I would say sum it up one, you're able to leverage the property and the contract um, to it's not going on your your credit report. So you can you can now go and do other things, too. Like so say you you can do three, four of these and go out and also buy another house. I wouldn't say stretch yourself that thin, but you could. Right. Um, and then finally, three is you're able to find things that other people are afraid of. Not, not a lot of people know about owner financing. Um, not a lot of people know how to do it. So if you're able to. To go out and get those kind of deals, then you're you're separating yourself from from people from your competition all
2: right, so the next question all right, all right. so moving on the um, the next question that I had for you is um, what what did you learn from that process? were there were there any takeaways that you got and like to share um, about that subject to property?
0: Yeah, so uh, one takeaway that I would say is have a really good contingency fund uh, because in a subject to the the same reason that w- when, when you find a diamond in the rough uh, a, a lot of times there's a reason that it's been in that rough <laughs> you know and, and, and you have to you have to realize that you're not the like only smart person out there Right, like you might be a you might be um, a hard worker, or you might have some other kind of attribute or some other kind of skill set that distinguishes you. But just like knowing what potential looks like and just knowing what a good deal looks like isn't just unique to you, right? So other people passed up on that property for a reason. You should know why that is and what you're going to do to remedy that. Um, so. I think for me, I just thought like, ah, other people don't know these numbers. Like I know these numbers, like they have not seen what this could be. And and I realized like, well, maybe they did. And they just weren't willing to put in, you know, the, the amount of money and the amount of time that it was going to take. And it took a lot of money and a lot of time. It still worked out, you know, but it took a lot of money and a lot of time and, and, I, I learned it was a really stressful process and it took a lot of time. Uh, I I bought that property back in 2018. So, uh, yeah, the whole, the holding cost itself almost, (laughs) almost wasn't, wasn't worth it, but, uh, we still were able to, to get a little something.
2: All right. So, but, so we, you learned a lot with it. Uh, we talked about having a contingency plan and, um, you, know, you pretty much broke even on it. But even still, I think that um, even breaking even on, on something that you're attempting to try, especially something as big as when it, when it deals when it deals with investing in real estate, another way that can potentially make you money, right? I feel like that's a free education. So especially if you broke even, I mean, if you broke even, it's like, all right, you got a free education. Yeah, it took some time, it took some effort. Now you are just that much more prepared to go and execute the next deal. Would you agree?
0: Uh, in short, yes. So, so more so, I would say the the biggest thing it taught me, uh, outside of like I learned a, I learned a lot about subject two, and I can ex- and, and if anyone wants to reach out, I can tell you exactly how it goes, and I still have all my documents. Uh, but I ended up on the latter end of the deal, partnering up with someone. Someone else came in. I partnered up. I learned a lot about partnership, and I learned about uh, myself don't get trapped into what Chip and Joanna Gaines are doing or what the property brothers are doing. If you're not a flipper, don't like know yourself. <laughs> like if you're not a flipper, you're not a flipper. In it. And I think this taught me, like, I don't think I want to flip. I don't think I want to, I don't want to do this another time. Like, I think I'm a, I think I'm a buy and hold. I like B class duplexes and triplexes. And, and, you know, I I would like to in the future, put my money in, you know, larger multifamily deals that don't require as much hands-on as, I mean, I didn't like having to go out and find cabinets. I I, I didn't, like, (laughs) it didn't, it didn't intrigue me. I I didn't care if it was mocha or if it was, you know, light gray. I'll just, like, get, I I just want some cabinets and my contractors are calling me about these things. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. (laughs) Like, I just didn't like it. So I learned a lot, but the biggest thing I think I learned Uh, and what I would advise people is like, know what, what you want to do and why you want to do it.
1: I'll, I'll say this much, man. Um, the fact that you were able to use your creative approach, uh, to finding a solution is key. So for all of our new agents, for all of our new investors, we always tell them, Hey, the more you read, the more you listen, the more you learn, all you're doing is putting a new tool in your toolbox. And the person who has the most creative approach is going to win in the end. So what you were able to do is take a solution, um, regardless if it's a subject to where the D stays in their name, whether it's owner finance, whether it's a master lease, whether it's rent to own, all that really means is you found a creative solution to financing in the end, right? And so you made something out of nothing. And that's how, that's how you, you know succeeded in that. Now when you go on and you move to your larger deals, don't forget that. Don't forget that. You just found a a secret sauce, you know, which can carry on anything else when it comes to mess. So, so again, man, kudos to you. That's, that's awesome.
0: I appreciate it. That you know what? That, that makes me feel a little bit better. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me feel a little bit better about it (laughs) because I was, I was salty. I was salty for the last (laughs) couple of years about this property. I have to admit.
1: And on the same note, man, with contract. So remember you're an investor. The contractor may not be an investor. The contractor may say, "Hey, I'm just looking uh, to make the most money, or all I do is new construction homes for the average uh, families who just want to buy a nice home. So they're worried about the mocha cabinets and the granite countertops. And you, you just worried about the bottom line. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's also something as you go through and you start to, to, to screen. You know, the contractors, your other team members, your attorneys, and everything. Make sure they got, make sure they got a little experience too, man. But, but yeah, it's a good learning point.
0: That is true. That is true." no that's that's a really good point
2: yeah so uh speaking of speaking on contracts, I know we spoke a lot through this process uh. <laughs> <we told> <laughs> and we talked about uh some of the contractors out there that are pirates
0: <laughs> pirates man pirates of the caribbean <laughs> jack. jack
1: sparrow polca cabinets
2: He's out jack. there robbing people there's some people out there robbing people do, do you have any anything to uh to say about that anything to touch on about like maybe some things that people could possibly look out for when it comes to contractors
0: i, I so for me man like i i'm done with if, if you can't bill me if you can't bill me i'm done with it like i want i want contractors that can send me an official invoice uh and and wait to be paid right so and 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 i don't mean it like i'm holding back money from anybody by any means um but i i think that a couple of red flags and and we've talked about this in some of the stuff we've been writing uh i don't know if we're gonna make it a some white pages or a free pdf what what, whatever we're going to do with the some of the things we've written down um if if you need me to come and meet you at five o'clock with cash on thursday that you're not my contractor right negative <laughs> <laughs> if if you um if if you're a recommendation from somebody who's not an investor so for instance uh Hey, my cousin knows how to do drywall. You're not my contractor. Oh, like there, there, there's so many, there's so many things. But I, honestly, I think the biggest, the biggest one would be if you're not insurance and bonded, right? Like if if you are not a legitimate company uh, that that can be called upon and recourse can be had if something goes wrong, right? I I think that it's good to have. It's good to have a friend that knows how to hang a ceiling fan, uh, but just realize that if you're if you're doing this at the level where you're gonna have uh, people living there or you're, you're gonna flip the property, if something were to go wrong, where where are you gonna go to, right? And I don't mean it like you just have to cover your cover your butt. <laughs> I'm trying to. I know if the, I know if we got the E rated. I don't know if we got the explicit on the podcast, and so I'm gonna try to keep it G rated. But it just if you're trying to uh, CYA, it's not about just CYA, it's, it's about doing things right. And if something were to happen, right, like if someone installs a hot water heater wrong or if someone installs something wrong, wh- who are you going to call? You're just going to call, you know, uh, Tommy's cousin, like your, your, your friend's baby mama's. Like if you have to go through too many channels to like try to get their new phone number and say, hey, I need you to come back and fix this. Like that that's that's not the right answer. I, I would say it's worth its weight and gold. I don't I'm not saying to overpay for everything or overpay for your work, but just realize that the low ball offer is is, is gonna cost you in the end. So I would just I go with um you know I don't I know people don't have phone books anymore or anything like that, but just go go on your favorite search engine site, find those top top three. Um, those google reviews mean something like look look for a couple stars and and call up the people and and, and see what the price is um for three of those three of those people right there That that's an easy way to go about it i know some people have like a more in intrinsic way but i think they just go on i would just go on google i had an issue uh that i had to deal with while i was here on our property i just called uh roto rooter all right and back in cincinnati i'm like hey I, I need i need somebody that can come and they can do it now call them they have a dispatcher dispatcher calls me back and says i got a plumber coming out to you that's the easiest 300 dollars i'll ever spend like i mean just 100 i i would not i wouldn't would not recommend you go and i know your your, your friends are going to be mad at me for saying this but i wouldn't go with your friends i would not go with anyone you if they don't work for a legitimate company, don't do it. Cause you're just going to be mad in the end. You're just going to be mad.
2: Yeah. Trying to save the, uh, the extra 20 bucks or 30 bucks, you know, sometimes that does come back to, to bite you in the butt. I mean, for the most yeah. part, when it, in my opinion, for the most part, um, you know, you get what you pay for when it comes to contractors a lot of time. And I'm not saying go overspend. I'm definitely say, you know, go do, do get a bunch of different bids and things I actually made a video about this exact same thing, 10 things to avoid when dealing with contractors. Um, you can look it up on one of the uh, the other YouTube videos, but, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, definitely key. I think the people that can, you, you're, the contractors
0: that can, uh, they can afford to wait for the payment. Right. So the contractors were they, like an, an electrician that comes and does the work, and then they invoice you later. That's the electrician you want. The plumber that can come and invoice you later. You know that's the one you want. I I don't think that your contractor should be like your barber, right? I I don't think that you get up out of the chair and you pay him cash. I don't think they just do they do the work and you pay him cash. That's one down the line. That's not gonna it's not gonna be good for your bookkeeping. Uh, and then two people who are and, and, and I don't want to offend again you know I know it's a, it's a family podcast but people who people who need the money uh, at five o'clock on thursday oh uh, they' they're they're not the ones that you want as your contractors because they aren't they're they're not in the for the long haul they're not in the long game with you right these these contractors that have legitimate businesses and are building something they're 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 able to Send you an invoice because they do good work and they know that they're going to keep on getting business, right? So you I'll it, just it, say that,
1: man. You 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 saying quality, you know, over timeliness, right, if you will, or quality over uh, quantity because it's going to be a lot more expensive if you have to do the same job two or three times, right? You want to deal with a professional, somebody who treats their business like a business which is fair enough, man. I mean, you, you hit a lot of good points there. And then just reliability. Like that, yeah. sounds, that sounds good to me.
0: <laughs> it sounds, it sounds simple enough, but when you're out there trying to find those contractors that are like that, it's, it's tough. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, you're right, man. You're right. So um, I guess wrapping it up a little bit, if you had one thing to, to tell some one of our listeners that maybe want to uh, get their first unit or uh, they're thinking about doing their first subject too, or just any real estate investing advice in general. What would be the one thing that you would, or one piece of advice that you'd give them?
0: I would say, know know yourself. Uh, in my, uh, I know I'm sounding like a, a monk or something like that, but uh, I, I would, I would, I really would say know yourself because there's a lot of ways that you can go, and I, I agree with Mike as far as like acquiring uh, new skills and the, and the ability to go different, different directions. But, and, and I hate to say this because I think that everything happens for a reason. And I, I like to look at, Oh, uh, I, I look like to look at the positive, but there were many, 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 many nights that I wish I had never gotten that other duplex uh, that subject to duplex. And, and that's because it, the the type of investing that it was like fundamentally went against the kind of person that i am right and I, i think that we sometimes confuse like getting out of your comfort zone with doing something that is not who you are not what you are right so if you're not somebody that's a flipper don't don't do flips just because other people are doing flips right the good thing, the great thing about real estate is there are so many different ways that you can go, right? So I'm never, I'm not saying don't get into real estate, right? I'm saying get into real estate in the way that is going to uh, allow you to sleep well at night, right? So if you're someone who is risk adverse, right? Uh, then I would say, you know, you, you you should be the one that's going into uh, core and and core plus kind of assets, whether that's A and B kind of properties, it's going to cost you a little bit more, yes, but it's going to cost you money, not time and headache, right? But if you're somebody that's really interested in the opportunities, right, you can get into some opportunities, you can do the flips, um, that means that you probably have a more, a higher risk tolerance, right? Like, I, I would just say take, and it doesn't take that long Right. But just take some time to do some introspection and decide, like, hey, what kind of person am I uh, and, and how I should be investing? And, and if, if, if you want to you know, stretch yourself and do something that you're, you're not comfortable with, uh, get a partner. Don't do it yourself. Just get a partner who is able to, to guide you through that. But I, I would say if you're doing it alone, uh, you, we always talk about you know, improving on our weaknesses. But I would say start from a place of strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, start from a place that you're you are you're you're, you're kind of comfortable with uh, that way when things come your way you're able to uh, you're able to fend that off and then build from there that, that's what I would say the new investor
1: i love it man okay. yeah you hit on some good strong points man <laughs> you know double down on your strengths you know don't worry about the weaknesses and i really love the fact that you you so you had to go through that experience for you to learn that you didn't like that experience right yeah,
0: i did i did
1: <laughs> yeah but i mean now you know and now you know exactly what you're going to focus on you know exactly how much capital you need to pursue the type of investing you like and now you know it was a great learning point but that, that's some good stuff yeah. yeah, yeah, you right
2: and
0: you're, and you're right I, I think you know i i will say that you you, you do have to and notice i didn't say give up after you after you, <laughs> you you found you found something that you don't like right So, hey, you know, maybe you thought that you wanted to do A and B class um, long-term holds and kind of things like that, and you realize you didn't want to do that, so you can adjust from there. So don't give up, but I would say uh, to to avoid some of that pain, you take a a moment to think about who you are and what kind of investing you think that you would like. Don't be fooled by HGTV. You deserve better.
1: You deserve better. (laughs)
2: Uh, I love that. I love that as well. Just one key point is um, through through doing the different types of uh, real estate, you found a strategy that works for you, and now you know uh, what strategy you need to stick to, which is buy and hold, maybe A and B class property, and and from this point on, you'll likely stay true to your investing strategy. Um, that's that's one thing that I've um, that's one thing that that I've talked a lot about as well. Like, hey, people ask me, hey, what what should I get into? Well. I got to kind of know you as an individual first to see, just like you said, your risk tolerance and, and other things that are going to help, help me figure out what your investing strategy is like. That's the most important thing, finding, knowing, knowing who you are as a person and, you know, your tolerance level and things like that. So, yeah, I think that's a hundred percent, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So um, how can my audience, how can our audience uh, get in contact with you?
0: Uh, you can find me on all of the all your favorite social media sites. Uh there so Arzell Westestel. There there's not anyone else uh with that name. So literally
2: just literally
0: just Google Arzell Westdel and, and all of my social media will be there, right? So uh our at Arzell on Instagram, Arzel Westel Facebook. Um I even have a Twitter. I, I don't I'm not really that that active on that, but uh yeah, you can find me any of those ways and or or you can email me. I'll even give you my my email address. It's, uh, at gmail.com. So it's Westestella at gmail dot com. So it's W E S T E S T E L L A at gmail dot com. So I'm not giving you my cell phone number because uh, that that would get out of hand. But we we, are, we already talked about. It. I don't even want the 10 you got any, to be that much. Yeah, you got
2: enough of those calls already. Yeah. So. <laughs> So all those links will be down below as well. So um, we'll have the link down right, right below the picture there and you'll see that as well. So Mike, you got anything?
1: No, man, I, I greatly appreciate you sharing that experience. Uh, you dropped a lot of good nuggets out there, especially for some, some beginner investors looking to get their first purchase, um, especially for military personnel who feel like they might be a little overwhelmed. So again, for anybody that's out there that feels like they might be stuck on making that first move, I highly recommend you guys reach out to ourselves, man.
2: Big time. Yeah. Um, And for those of those of you who are listening on podcasts, please uh, make sure you subscribe. If you're listening, watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button and uh, click the like button as well and leave some comments below because uh, Arzell will be watching this and he'll be, uh, he'll be able to respond back to your comments um, and answer some of your questions that you might have. So um,
1: with that, this is Dan Wynn. Mike (laughs) Lasby, Signing off.